Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is me rambling, ranting about skateboarding. A lot of stuff going on in skateboarding. A lot of the stuff that went on in skateboarding. My skateboarding. Uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of spiritual philosophies and principles and, and, and stuff about skateboarding. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys really enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jeremy Livesey, and this is Esoteric Gladiator. Um, I haven't been doing a lot of podcasts lately. I've been doing them here and there. Uh, I've been working a lot. You know, I, I originally I started this podcast, and it was during the uh, the pandemic, scandemic. And, um, you know, so I had a lot of time because they wouldn't let me tattoo, um, now it's, I can't stop fucking tattooing enough. I've been making myself take breaks, but, uh, you know, I guess I could probably make a little more time for the podcast. I'm not trying to neglect it. I'm just kind of doing it at my own pace right now. I'm, I'm sure there'll be, you know, periods when, uh, you know, I get the opportunity to do more of them. Uh, more frequently i appreciate all you people that have listened you know my 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 small group of followers um i'm just kind of you know like i said in the beginning that you know i didn't do this because i hope to blow up and get big i just did this to uh you know because i felt like i had a lot of information and i know about psychological warfare and conspiracies and spirituality and i just i have a lot of shit that i feel like i could share and some people will, will will get some, you know, some knowledge and, and maybe some, some peace and, and uh, some tidbits maybe to help them on their journeys and stuff. And, you know, it's just always kind of when I do it by myself, a lot of times, you know, when I was first doing this podcast, I was I was like mapping things out like on numerology and astrology and and tarot and 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 you know satanic ritual abuse and stuff like that and uh lately I just kind of when I do it by myself I just kind of freestyle and that's what I'm going to do today. I have loose topics that I'm going to talk about mostly skateboarding. I feel like talking about skateboarding today um and uh you know some 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 really awesome skaters have died recently, and um, I kind of wanted to honor them, and I and I wanted to talk about some other things. So, um, yeah, man, I, I I hope that you guys enjoy this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just let let it rip. So a couple days ago, Keith Huffnagel died of brain cancer at 46 years old. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know who that is, he was uh, he was from the East Coast, I believe it's from New York. And he was a fast, hard skater. Uh, he started the clothing line Huff, H-U-F. Um, and, uh, you know, he's known for his ollies and his speed and and just his, his crazy, you know, kind of like hardcore, you know, New York street style skating. And, you know, he brought it over to the West Coast. And uh, specifically, I believe, in, in more like uh, San Francisco area. And, you know, he was bombing the San Francisco hills all fast and crazy and doing his big ollies. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's just a, you know, a street street kid. 
that loved to skateboard and, uh, you know, he got really good at it and, uh, you know, eventually he, uh, he, he blew up and, um, and then from there he, st he started his own label, which was Huff, H-U-F. I was lucky. I, uh, went on Amazon the other day and I saw that there was one honey mustard Huff windbreaker left in my size and I bought it, you know, uh, and I'm stoked about that. Uh, you know, because I could assume that a lot of his stuff is going to sell out and, and who knows what'll happen to Huff now that he's gone. I, I think he was partnered up with his, his ex-wife or whatever. Um, and, and, and they were just kind of in business together. But, uh, yeah, man, 46 years old, brain cancer and, uh, you know, just an incredible skater. Sounded like he was a really good dude. Sounded like he helped out a lot of people. And, um, you know, that seems to be a common theme with a lot of skaters, you know, um, also I'll get into that, but like, you know, we had Jeff Grosso, Grosso died sometime in March this year in 2020. He, uh, you know, he was, a a, a legendary skater. He started skateboarding at, well, he turned pro, I believe at, uh, 12 or 14 or something like that he skated for vans he skated with a lot of the you know the pal peralta guys back in the 80s and santa cruz and uh you know hung out with alva and in the dogtown guys and uh you know they say he was a kind of a historian on skateboarding that he knew a lot about it and he could share a lot of different stories because you know he started at s such a young age i believe he died in his early 50s uh, he was a legend, you know, what else can you say about the guy, he, he you know, he, he, we all know how hard it is to skateboard and how bad it hurts to fall, I mean, you're talking about, you know, guys who go their whole lives falling down and getting back up, and, uh, when you, when you look at a lot of these skaters, you know, we were talking about you know, Jeff Grosso skating with Dogtown and, and Tony Alva and stuff like that. Um, you look at people like Alva who were young hotheads and, uh, you know, just really crazy wild skaters and and, and ego-driven and, and all this stuff. And then you look at, you know, the process of of, of his history and and what he is now and 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 it seems like Alva's a totally different person. He's like a, you know, very similar to Rodney Mullen or or uh, Mark Gonzalez. These guys are like skate monks. These guys have done so much for the industry and uh you know, uh to my knowledge Rodney Mullen and Mark Gonzalez were always really nice guys. Um but uh you know, uh, I didn't know either of those guys personally. Um, I did go to high school and played on a baseball team with and got to skateboard with Guy Mariano a little bit. You know, we grew up in Burbank. And, you know, my buddy Omar and me used to go over to his house every once in a while. And, and, and you know, that's back when he was skating for Blind with Mark Gonzalez and, and, and you know, Jason Lee and Rudy Johnson and uh, Jordan Richer, 
and uh, you know those guys and uh, we'd buy skateboard decks off guy for five ten bucks he'd have uh, he you know he just had crates of like used skateboard decks and we you know get high and listen to the Beatles and you know um, I didn't get to kick it with him a lot we, we were on a baseball team you know when we were about 11 years old he was already skating he was just he was a fucking crazy skater too because he was so small and he could just do the craziest things with with his skateboard but um, you know, you look at, you know, I, I know I jump around a lot. People like, again, like Alva, who was just hardcore, grew up in a, in, you know, in, in, in the suicidal, you know, Dogtown, Venice Beach area, you know, near the V13s and the, you know, the, the shoreline crips and, and, and all that out there. And, uh. You know, that'll, that'll harden you, but, you know, watching videos or listening to interviews or podcasts or whatever now, watching Alva and listening to this guy talk, you know, at 60, he's still, he's still skateboarding pools, empty pools, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got a different perspective in life, you know, he's, 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 like I said, man, they're like monks now, you know, you, you, you you live this crazy hard life riding these you know grinding steel on concrete all the time and uh, you know eventually you find the the spirit and the peace within this this madness. It's like you know when I was in jail and and I really got into like fasting and and prayer and meditation and stuff like that and. You know, in the middle of madness, I found like peace and, and and virtue, and I found a good place in the middle of a horrible situation. You know, and, and anybody who grew up in L.A. in the gang era in the 1990s knows that shit was no joke. And that's when I was in jail, so I was in there with all those gangsters and, and, and doing all that shit. And you know. You can find peace and spirit in almost anything. And it's just amazing, you know, being a young kid before I got locked up. You know, I've been riding skateboards since I was, you know, seven, eight years old. My first skateboard was a, a hand-me-down Steve Caballero. And uh, I believe the first wheels I, I had were, were uh, they were Dogtown wheels. And uh, they were these, like, Hulk Green Dogtown wheels, and uh, I I guess uh, they were rare because, uh, to my knowledge, Dogtown didn't make wheels uh, very much, unless they were you know fucking knockoffs. But I doubt that. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I remember my daddy made me a quarter pipe in my backyard. And, uh, you know, I'd skate that a little bit. I never got too good at it. Um, I was always more of a street skater. And, um, you know, just the whole culture of skateboarding was really awesome. The art, you know, fucking Pal Peralta just, oh, man, their fucking designs are just so epic. What's crazy 
is, uh, you know, I, I, I saw about seven, eight years ago when I was living in Kauai on Hawaii and I started skating again after not skating for about five, six years. I got back on a board and I was ripping their fucking skate park up. It's really crazy. Like, I feel like I'm way better now and like, I haven't skated in years. Um, but like anytime I pick up a board, it's when I was young, it was a physical thing. Now it's a mental thing. It's a visual thing. You visualize it. You, it's so much more technical and, and so much more thought out. I, I, I guess, you know, as young, I was so angry and, and so pissed off and just so rabid. I didn't, I didn't take the time to slow down to visualize or intellectualize or, or, or mentally comprehend a lot of these tricks I was trying to do that I was having such a hard time with. And now it's like I could just sit back and visualize something and, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm saying now, I, I, bear, you know, I haven't skated in years, but uh, when I have picked the board up, which will be for months at a time, I'll learn all these new tricks. And it's, and it's all fucking mental, man. It's so fucking crazy. Um, and I assume that's kind of what a lot of these, you know, pro skaters were doing at a very young age is they, they were kind of like visualizing it or they got more technical because I remember when I was a kid, it was like, man, we used to like try and figure out how these guys got so good at skating. You know, we're just like, we're kind of like stuck and so many of us skateboarded, but, uh, yeah, man, we you know, growing up in LA, you know, we'd run into pro skaters and shit, or we'd see them skating at schools or, or filming or whatever. And he's just always like, man, how the fuck could we get that good? But, you know, I feel like a lot of us were just kind of in it for the culture. A lot of us were kind of in it to blow off steam. And, and, you know, a lot of us just kind of lacked that authenticity. We didn't visualize it or, or we weren't as obsessed with it as a lot of these other guys, man. A lot of these guys were obsessed. That's all they did. You know, you hear stories about a lot of these guys, you know, waking up at 2, 3 in the morning and going out and skating till dawn, you know, and, and filming videos and then just doing this on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an obsession, and, and I've been obsessed with things. I was obsessed with tattooing. I've been obsessed with martial arts. I've been obsessed with cooking, with, you know, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I get that obsession. And so w when I hear people saying, oh, they can't do this or they can't do that or this or that, it's, 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 it's not that you can't do it. You're just not obsessed, you know. That's, that's the obsession, you know, in life is what makes pro athletes. It's what makes incredible artists. It's what makes clothing lines happen. It's what makes comedians. This and that obsession will get you there. Yeah, sure. Every once in a while, somebody lucks out, but I mean, if you're sitting around waiting for somebody to find you or for you to luck out, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life, man. My suggestion always is, and I'm sure a lot of these, you know, people at the top that are in these incredible positions will tell you, obsession is what got us here and um i don't know i'm just kind of skipping around um that was kind of one thing that, that that i gathered from huff too was was his obsession with things he was obsessed with skateboarding he was obsessed with speed he was obsessed with ollieing 
And and then he got obsessed with his clothing line. And, uh, you know, that was his baby. And he dropped some badass threads, some badass hats, some socks, some, you know, I got this badass windbreaker coming. I'm so stoked on it. I can't wait. Um, and, and just to be able to rep this dude's legacy, uh, that's awesome, man. And, and knowing, you know, how much I love skateboarding growing up and, and how that was a kind of a release for me and, uh, you know, how much I miss it. And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to start skateboarding again here. You know, I ain't going to say I'm going to do it forever or that I won't get hurt or whatever. I'm going to, you know, pray that I don't get hurt. Um, it's been a long time, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, most of my homies, they grew up in bad homes. Most of them, just like, you know, me, our, you know, parents were alcoholics or they were workaholics or they were drug addicts or they were abusive and skateboarding was, was, you know, a, a good place to vent. You know, and then you go out on the streets and, and, and skateboarding was like, it's like graffiti, basically. It was outlawed. It was, you know, you couldn't skate in certain places and people would chase you off and cops would harass you and security would harass you and Karens and fucking Kevins would harass you. You know, you'd just be trying to skate a three set. And you be getting fucking harassed, man. You're just trying to blow off some steam. You're trying to stay out of trouble by skateboarding. And you got these a-holes chasing you off, preventing you from, uh, you know, let, letting letting things go. And uh, a lot of the kids that I skated with were very troubled. And they did do some gangster stuff. And they, and they did do some criminal things, you know. But in the same token, a lot of them were actually good kids, too. And... And, you know, just, it was really weird because, you know, when I started in the 80s skateboarding, vert was the big thing, you know, it was like 1984 or something when I first got my, my Caballero skateboard and, uh, vert was big and it was kind of. It had taken over. It was really weird, though, because when I was a real little kid, like, you know, three, four years old, I remember we'd be driving through different spots in the valley, and, and, and they have these crazy skateboard parks. Um, but what happened later was is is uh, the that was, like, the original skating, you know, like you'll see in, like, Z-Boys or, 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 or Lords of Dogtown or whatever, the skateboard competitions where they were – you know, seeing who had the best style or something. They had these little skateboard parks. Um, but this was before like vert, um, and, 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 and this crazy stuff kind of, you know, there was like a little bit of vert, I think, but not really, but the skateboard parks, there were skate random skateboard parks in the Valley. And those disappeared for a while when I feel like when the vert craze started, and, and I think that that was started, you know, thanks to people like, you know, Tony Alva, Tony Hawk and, you know, these, these pool skaters that, uh, you know, got people to start building half pipes and quarter pipes and, and, uh, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they, they, they brought that in and then I feel like the skateboard parks kind of disappeared, but then, you know, you, 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 you enter the, the late eighties, 
early 90s, you know, with, with companies like New Deal, Blind, Plan B, uh, 101 Skate, H Street, um, and, and a lot of these like street skate companies. Um, I know I'm forgetting some stuff, but whatever. Um, World Industries, uh, all this stuff came out. And, and it was street skating and, and there wasn't a lot of her and there wasn't really any skate parks and, uh, none of that shit was really going on. It was people, you know, that's kind of like when I skated the most was, was like, you know, I want to say between 90 and like 93, uh, I, I skated a lot. I skated and I did kickboxing. I did Muay Thai and uh did lots of drugs and and partied and and you know did a lot of crime and and shit like that which is eventually what led me to go into jail in 1993 but um oh yeah and I was a was a break dancer too and I did graffiti you know that that that's like the the whole we grew up in the hip hop era you know we grew up in that street that socal fucking you know, I grew up borderline North Hollywood, Burbank, you know, so all my homies were skaters and gangbangers and, and taggers and graffiti artists and break dancers and, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I, I remember I used to really like to drop acid and go skateboarding and, um, I used to skate, like, some of my favorite spots in, in Burbank to skate were, like, we used to like to go up to Mirror and skate the John Mirror, which was a was a middle school, and they had these hills there. Um, we liked to skate, uh, you know, Magnolia Boulevard in front of this uh, restaurant called Pinocchio's uh, across the street from Bella Vista, which is no longer around. Um we used to like to skate on 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 Hollywood Bull, uh, not Hollywood Boulevard. We we would skate in in in, in Hollywood, but very rarely. Um, Hollywood Way in Burbank. There were some spots on Hollywood Way. Uh, you know, uh, shit, man. Now I'm going down memory lane trying to think. Uh, you know, and then just going to random homies' houses that had quarter pipes or you know rails or whatever. Um, But I used to like to drop acid and skate, and it was crazy. I, it would really make me skate better. Um, I don't know if I could do that now at my age, but... Um, yeah, man. Uh, skateboarding, uh, you know, it's changed a lot. So when I went to jail in 93, street skating was, was like really blowing up and taking off. And I remember going to jail and every once in a while I would see Thrasher or Skateboarding Magazine and I'd get to read it in there every once in a while, you know, because, yeah, I was originally only supposed to do six months, but I didn't get out for five years and 11 months, five years and 10 months. Um, you know, it was rocking and rolling in there. That's all I'm going to say about that, uh, which is why this podcast is what it's called. Esoteric Gladiator is based off one of the last you know, corrections and facilities I was in, which was the Hemming G. Stark Youth Training School, which was referred to as Gladiator School because it was one of the most gangster um, youth authorities 
in uh, in in Southern California. Um, but when I got out in '99, uh, I remember, you know, I started an apprenticeship at this tattoo shop on Hollywood Boulevard called Tattoo You. And, and my buddy Sage, who I'm still friends with now, you know, over 20 years later, he actually lives up here in, in Washington as well. We got to get together. I, I told him I wanted to do a podcast with him. Maybe I'll drive out and see him sometime. Um, but uh, we would go over to his house and I'd crash at, at his place a lot. And they had the Tony Hawk Pro Skater, which I'm going to get into now. Um, and, uh, I remember, dude, we would fucking play that game all night, split screen, just, man, I don't think there was ever a video game at that point that had me hooked like that. And it, and it was that video game, which eventually wound up getting me to, to buy a PlayStation and, uh, and, and really start getting into video games. But you know, the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater got me back into skateboarding, you know, which is crazy because I go to jail, I'm in jail for six years, don't see skateboarding, don't do any breakdancing, I get out of jail, and within months of me getting out of jail and skateboarding and breakdancing, I'm better than I ever was, uh, because it went to a mental place, it went to a visualization place, I now was able to... I would look at the way people place their hands or their feet or, you know, their timing or, or, or just visualize it and see myself doing it and I could do it. And it was crazy. Um, and where skateboarding had went, you know, into the early two thousands, now there was a lot of like, it was like, it went from, you know, like downhill skateboarding to the skateboard competitions in the 70s where the judges sat behind a table and people did spins and circles and and then the fucking Dogtown guys went in there and ripped that shit up and then they opened up pools and then vert started in the 80s and late 70s and fucking and then and then started fading into the 90s where street skating took off all crazy and then I got fucking locked up. And and while I was in jail, fucking park skating happened. So park skating was like a fusion of street and vert. And you had to be well-rounded. Um, and so when I got out, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I was able to start doing things that I, I had such a hard time doing before I got locked up. You know, and, and, and I remember restarting skating and I would just skate for like two or three hours a day when I was young. I'd skate for five, six hours a day and, and it'd take me forever to learn a trick. But in like two or three hours, I could learn a trick or two and then fucking, you know, and it was it was like every time just going out with with a goal. And that was another thing, too, is I don't think when I was young, I had I had goals with skateboarding like. You know, I remember when I when I got out, I was like, okay, fucking, I want to learn Ollie to fucking manual to shove it off this, you know, up this ledge and then off this ledge, and and no bullshit. Within two hours, I had it down, and then another time was like, 
oh, I want to master, you know, because I could do 180 ollies, but I couldn't do them backside. So I was like, I want to master frontside and backside 180 ollies. Boom, had it done. Um, pop shove it. Uh, you know, learning how to how to 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 board slide fakie, and, and you know, I never got like great at skateboarding, but I was I was good at it, and and uh, you know, and I know I was good at it because when I went to Kauai and hadn't skated in years, I jump in that fucking park and I'm hitting shit on the vert and on the street spots in there and doing new shit that I'd never done before, so um. Yeah, man, freaking, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of like rambling a little bit about skateboarding and, 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 uh, you know, looking at people that like, you know, always inspired me or that just inspired the entire skateboard culture. People like, you know, Rodney Mullen, who created so many of the, the street flip tricks that you see today, um, and he was a madman, like unstoppable. And then, you know, listening to him talk about his childhood where he kind of grew up in like a farm in Florida. And, you know, he his only place to skate in Florida was his like his this big barn that had some concrete floor in it. And that's where this guy became a master. So. He wasn't around other skaters unless he was touring or at a contest or whatever. His parents didn't want him skateboarding. But he did. They let him. And he was left to his own devices. And he creates the most insane tricks that skateboarding ever saw by himself alone. Why? Because he was obsessed I think he said he'd skate in his barn for six, seven hours a day when he was a kid. You know, manuals, shove it, kick flips, 360 flips, varial flips, dark slide. Well, I think Mark Gonzalez created the dark slide, but, you know, Rodney Mullen perfected that shit. Um, and, and, you know, and then you listen to, like, people like Rodney Mullen talk and... You know, again, skateboarding monk. He's a monk skateboarder, man. Just a brilliant, creative mind. Compassionate, soft-spoken. And, and uh, you know, you know, he's full of wisdom. And same with Alva and, and Mark Gonzalez, who... When I think of like my favorite skaters, it's 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 Mark Gonzalez and Rodney Mullen for sure. Um, I also really like uh, uh, shit. Chris Haslam, that guy just fucking crushes. Um, but you know, you look at like somebody like Mark Gonzalez who was virtually behind, you know, from the early 80s up, you know, behind or involved in every fucking skateboard label around. And, and you know, skating with the Bones guys, skating with the Dogtown guys, starting blind, 
fucking uh you know you know crushing with Nadis Kapas and and you know Santa Monica Airlines and you know you just heard so many skaters tell these stories about how Mark Gonzalez would just show up and just start skating with them and then you look at Mark Gonzalez's style which was just doing these weird difficult and dangerous tricks off just random stuff that a lot of other people weren't doing and on top of it he was you know he had his 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 weird art style and he just he was funny you know you'd see certain parts and videos where he'd say funny shit and uh you know it just seemed like he was a really good dude that that really just loved skateboarding and he also he also wanted to unify skaters in a lot of ways and and then now when you look at a lot of uh his 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 more recent stuff it's again man you hear these guys like Rodney Mullen and Mark Gonzalez they say stuff like you know how falling down and getting up humbled them and and learning to get up every time you fall just what a powerful metaphor to that is for life in general and what that did for these people. And, um, you know, knowing what I know about myself and a lot of these other young skaters and a lot of my old friends and stuff, uh, you know, I still love skateboarding now as much as I always did. And I haven't touched a skateboard in three years. And, uh, I'm, I, it still amazes me to watch these guys skate and do this stuff. And, and it, what's really amazing is watching a lot of these dudes go from these, you know, crazy gnarly dudes to like these, you know, urban skateboard monks, man, with, with all this wisdom and just, you know, watching my own process and what I went through and how I can relate to that and and uh you know how much I support those journeys and uh you know how stoked I am for these people that were able to to make something you know from their shit fucking lives like like you know I was you know, be able to do it off our art and just how fucking blessed we were, man. And, and how so many people take that shit for granted or how so unauthentic a lot of these artists are. But, you know, most of these dudes were the most authentic people that skateboarding ever fucking unleashed. And it shows in their legacies. And, um, yeah, man. So, so behind why... I decided to fucking, you know, start watching skateboarding and all this stuff again. Dun, 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 dun. So, they re-released Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, the original skateboard video games. The ones that, you know, made shit like Skate and Skater XL. Such massive fucking video game enterprises and things like that. But, I mean, man, this new Tony Hawk, this remake, unfucking real, man. These guys went all the way. Uh, they, 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 they ironed everything out. You can control your stats. 
Uh, they got, uh, an, I believe, I don't remember seeing this in any other of the other games, but they got Skate Heaven, Epic fucking level. I think that, maybe I'm tripping, maybe that they always had that one. I don't remember them having that one. New Tricks, a bunch of New Tricks. Um, and just, the, the, the graphics are insane. The changes they made, they couldn't have done a better job. And, and you can you can dress your, your skater up in old fucking skate rags or, you know, make your own fucking hats or shirts. Dude, the game is fucking fire. Forgive me for all this cussing, but it is so good. I am so impressed by that game. You know, they got a bunch of new characters. They got all these challenges. You can create your own parks. The park creator's awesome. Just, man, they just, this this game is incredible. I've spent so much time on this game now. Um, and it, it did, it's so crazy. It literally, it did, to me, in my mid-40s, 20 years later, what it did to me in my early 20s. At fucking, at, at 24, I was playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. At 44, I'm playing the new redone Tony Hawk Pro Skater about to start skateboarding again. It's, it's, it's insane, man. It's so fucking crazy. History repeats itself, ladies and gentlemen. This is why I'm a conspiracy theorist, because of patterns in nature. Notice I haven't talked about any conspiracies um, on this podcast, but I'm just going to say that. Conspiracies are because of patterns in nature. It's all psychology, all patterns in nature. And, and, and human nature is a reflection of Mother Nature, so we are nature. Um, but yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Unreal. Before Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out, I got this Skater XL game. Really hard to play that game, but once you start learning how to do the tricks, really awesome. It's more realistic to skating, like whereas... Tony Hawk skating is more fun and you can mash buttons and you can do way more tricks in a short amount of time. Skater XL is more like where you line up the tricks. You got to you got to hit you got to do a 360 flip to a fucking nose grind off a ledge. And you got to get and and, and you got to perfect that trick, right? And it's hard and it's frustrating sometimes, but it's fun. It's 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 a little bit like like I would say Skater XL, it reminds me of Skate, but like if you mixed Skater XL with Tony Hawk, you know, and then you have Skate, which, which I thought was such an epic fucking franchise. Skate was incredible because you actually, you couldn't mash buttons like you could on Tony Hawk. You could get badass runs on Skate. But fucking, you couldn't mash buttons like you could on Tony Hawk. But I'm going to say this again, man. Damn, the remake of Tony Hawk is so incredible. And, and you you know, because you can create your own skaters. So I'm in there. I'm creating Mark Gonzalez and Chris Haslam. And I got to create a Guy Mariano skater for the homie from high school. I wonder... What that you know how that guy's doing? I saw that he started Lakai. I don't even know if he probably barely even remember me now. You know it's been so long, but uh, yeah, man. 
uh, I don't know. I started this podcast today about skateboarding just because, you know, it's such, when you look at it, it's so challenging to do some of these tricks. So, a lot of these guys came from the worst situations. And in their own way, they're trying to create beauty and and peace through grinding steel on concrete. And, uh, you know, I love it, man. And I'll always love it. And, and um, I don't know, man. If you guys haven't played the new Tony Hawk, man, it's fucking incredible. Um, and, uh you know, I'd encourage you guys to watch some some videos on Keith um, Huff Nagel. You know, rest in peace, creator of Huff Clothing. Maybe watch something on Jeff Grosso. I saw something the other day with Jeff Grosso and Tony Alva, and Jeff was basically thanking Tony Alva, saying, you know, if it wasn't for skateboarding and people like you and skateboarding, man, I. I wouldn't be who I am today, and and it was a really amazing, it was an amazing video to see those two guys, these OGs, these legends in skateboarding, you know, in their fifties, late fifties, giving each other props and still doing it, man, and and God rest, uh, you know, Jeff Grosso's soul, and uh, you know. So stoked to see fucking Tony Alva still crushing pools in his 60s, falling and getting back up. So stoked to see fucking Rodney Mullen in his 50s or 60s. I think he's in his 50s, still skating better than most people in their 20s. Um, and, and stoked to see Tony Hawk still being one of the nicest guys in skateboarding, being charitable to children, doing so much for the kids creating, you know, fucking epic games and, and these guys really, really trying to provide a platform for, you know, a lot of children that, that don't have good lives. And, you know, I didn't have kids for a reason, but I've always loved children and I've always spoke up for them. I've been speaking out against the satanic pedophilia and the human trafficking for a decade. I've been losing friends, clients, family members, over this shit because they don't want to hear it or they get mad at me or they think I'm crazy or whatever. And now it's, it's, it's massive, but I care about the children and, 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 and I, and I, you know, and that's why I think skateboarding amongst other art forms is so powerful. Thank you guys for listening to my rant. Um, you know, I've been gardening a lot lately. I've been tattooing a lot lately. I've uh, been cooking a lot. I got some chickens. Might be getting some more baby chicks here soon. Uh, I got injured. I cracked one of my ribs, you know, sparring in Muay Thai a few weeks ago. And then I just got a tooth yanked out. I'm about to get some gold teeth put in on my grill up front real soon. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a month with a lot of downtime and, uh, you know, but, uh, I'm really grateful, man. I'm grateful for everything. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I have no complaints. Like, you know, I, I'm able to do what I want. I'm able to buy what I want. I'm able to live how I want. 
And even in these challenging times with COVID and all this stuff, I'm still meditating. I'm still trying to stay positive and visualize and, and, and just produce and create and get the content out there, whether it's tattooing, whether it's t-shirts. I've been doing a lot of designs for t-shirt companies, tinfoil hat podcast, Sam Tripley. He's got two of my designs up right now. Um, and on his shirts, um, my, my buddy, Young God's Clothing, he's got uh, multiple of my designs up. And, and um, you know, I'm going to keep stuff coming, man. And, and I'm just going to keep creating and doing art and, and trying to get that out there and, and supporting artists and, 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 you know, standing on a fucking hill and screaming out how important art and creativity is and, and why you got a nation full of these young kids that are out at all these bullshit protests that have nothing better to do, worried about other people's business, not involved in their own business, not involved in their own lives. They could be focusing on starting a business, doing art, meditating, yoga, going to the gym, martial arts, doing something to better their own lives. Instead, they're out supporting false narratives and and, and 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 doing crimes in the name of supporting criminals who just happen to have black skin uh, that got shot in the middle of criminal behavior by police, okay? So, hey man, it sucks when people die, uh, but hey man, it ain't nothing new to see cops fucking people up doing crimes. So, for me, I look at this shit and I'm like, hey, have some fucking accountability, man. Have some accountability. Wake up. We don't want to see people getting murdered and you're contributing to that. We don't want to see you get murdered. You may be a piece of shit in society. We still don't want to see you get murdered. But if you do get murdered, I ain't going to go screaming from a mountaintop because you're a criminal that... that black, wait, 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 your, your melanin is supposed to give you fucking diplomatic immunity? Fuck that, man. People that support this stuff, they don't know history. All humans, all cultures did violent, messed up stuff to each other. I say it all the time. This is all about classism. doesn't matter what color you are in America now. They want to destroy the middle class. Racism is the fall guy for classism. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen... That was my my one small conspiracy rant. Uh, you know, go out there, do something creative, do something awesome, uh, and uh, be very grateful for where you're at. And if you can't do something, meditate on it, visualize it, make it happen. Get obsessed. Be obsessed. I'm out.